There's no community like a Cenex community. And that's why every Cenex store is so proud to serve theirs by supporting local athletic teams, promoting the arts, and making sure each store is a place its neighbors can find what they need, catch up with their friends, and stay connected. It's also why we give back, helping to make the wonderful places we call home the best they can be. Your local Cenex doesn't just work in your town, it lives there. The store next door, powered locally at Cenex. Breathe in the bacon, breathe out the bacon. In bacon, out bacon. Time for bacon. Find delicious satisfaction with the Double Western Bacon Cheeseburger. Only at Carl's Jr. Feed your happy. Available to participating Carl's Jr. restaurants. Price and participation may vary. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Amos and Andy Show. Andy's activities for the past week have been a little mysterious, particularly in the evenings. He has seen very little of his friends and seems to be passing up his usual haunts. At the moment, Andy is up in his room reading an entry he has just made in his diary. Dear diary, keep this confidential. Tonight I has gone out with Stella again. She's that cute little upstairs maid. I show crazy about Stella. We'll have plenty to tell you later, dear diary. Uh, who is it? Well, me, Andy. Oh, come in, son. Come in. Well, how is it, Andy? Hi, hi. Oh, writing in your diary again, huh? Mm. You know, Andy, you was the first man that I ever knew that kept a diary. Well, I don't see nothing wrong with it. It's kind of nice to look in now and then to see if I've been having a good time. <laughs> Let me see that diary, Andy. Never. No, sir, Amos, never. No eyes but Andrew H. Brown's is ever going to gaze on these pages. Oh. Tell you the truth, there's a lot of stuff in here that I ain't got no business looking at. <laughs> you know, Andy, you is engaged to marry Madam Queen. Uh, you ain't going out with some other gal, is you? Amos, how can you say an awful thing like that? Why, does you know how long it's been since I've been out with any other gal except Madam Queen? Uh, no, I don't. Well... And suppose we let it go with that. Mrs. Manning's residence. Uh, who is this, please? Uh, this is Jarvis, the butler speaking. Oh, uh, could I speak to Stella, the upstairs maid, please? Uh, one moment. Oh, Stella, telephone call for you. Oh, uh, thank you, Mr. Jarvis. Hello? Hello, Stella. Oh, Andy, where is you, honey? I call her from the drugstore on the corner down here. Is you ready yet? Well, I'm just finishing up. I'll meet you out in front in about ten minutes. Okay. Oh, I uh, see you're still keeping company with that Andy Brown, Stella. Well, what's wrong with that, Mr. Jarvis? Well, if my memory serves me correctly, you're engaged to Hubert, and according to my understanding of an engagement, that takes you off the market. Oh, it's nothing like the way you make it sound. After all, Hubert's going to be away for three weeks, and there ain't no harm in my going out with another man as long as it ain't serious. Are you sure it isn't serious? Have you seen Andy Brown? <laughs> yes. 
Well, how could you get serious with that? Uh, you have a very good point there, Stella. But at the same time, you won't say nothing to Hubert about it, will you, Mr. Jarvis? Uh, no, Stella. No, no, no. I won't. You know, if he found out that I was going out with another man, he'd break our engagement right off. Uh, suppose somebody did find out that you went out with this Andrew Brown and uh, you thought it might get to Hubert. Uh, would you admit it? I'd die first. Hmm. Well, I've got to go down and get the car out in front. I'm driving Mrs. Manning to the opera tonight. Well, if you see Andy out there, tell him I'll be down in a little while. I say, uh, Brown. Oh, hello there. Hello, Mrs. Jarvis. Uh, is Stella coming down? Uh, yes, yeah, she'll be down shortly. Yeah, well, I uh, guess I got a few minutes here. Might as well light up my cigar. <laughs> Uh, nice evening, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Show you. I say, that's a very attractive cigar lighter you have there. Yeah, it is, ain't it? Mm. Uh, got munitions on it and everything. It was given to me by the lodge members. Oh, really? Yeah, kind of an honor, you know. Uh, for the physical year of 1943, <laughs> uh, I was the member that was the least far behind in my dues. Oh. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, I've been looking for a lighter like that. I'll give you three dollars for it. Oh, no, I couldn't sell this lighter. This lighter got a lot of sediment to it. <laughs> oh, no, I wouldn't sell this thing for anything in the world. I'll give you five dollars for it. Sold. <laughs> Very well, here's the five dollars. Uh, oh, uh, uh, would you just drop the lighter in my pocket in case there's any fluid on it? I don't want to get it on my hands. Yes, okay. Oh, I say, old chap, here comes Mrs. Manning. I I'd move on a ways if I were you. Mrs. Manning doesn't like people loitering in front of the house. Oh, yeah, well, in that case, I'll duck away from you. Yeah. Uh, all ready, Mrs. Manning. To the opera, Jarvis. By the way, Jarvis, who was that man I saw just hurrying away? I haven't the faintest idea, Mrs. Manning, but I told him to move on. He's been loitering around here for the past several nights and acting very suspiciously. It looks like he's up to no good. Well, if he's around here tomorrow night, I'll report it to the police. You know, Stella, this show is a nice, quiet little cafe, ain't it? Yeah. Oh, what I like about it is that you don't run into all the people you know. Yeah, I kind of like that, too. You know, honey, I is crazy about you. The reason we is... Hey, look over there at the next table. Mm. That man standing up there looks like he's going to take some pictures. Yeah, he must be one of them newspaper photographers. I guess he's going to take a picture of that couple sitting over there at the next table. Look who it is. Dixie Small. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's the big stage star, ain't she? Okay. Hold it. Thank you, Miss Small. Say, that Dixie Small ain't bad, is she? Hmm. Cute little figure. Nice eyes. Boy, that's a pretty face. Oh, well. Where was we, honey? You were saying that you was crazy about me. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. You is the sweetest gal that I don't ever... Uh, oh, yeah. 
Uh, what time is it, Lightning? It's 11 o'clock in the morning. Uh, there's a couple of gentlemen outside in the hall to see you, Miss Andrew. Oh, uh, what do they want? Uh, they wouldn't tell me. Mm, hand me my bathrobe there and tell them to come on in. Uh, yeah, sir, I'll tell them. Uh, this way, uh, this is Mr. Brown here. Uh, gentlemen. Brown, you're under arrest. Get your clothes on. You're coming with us. Under arrest? Wait a minute, Chief. Wait, I ain't done nothing. You call stealing $2,000 nothing? $2,000? Listen, miss, I ain't never stolen nothing. I don't know what you're talking about. No $2,000 was stolen from Mrs. Manning's home last night. Ah, but why should I tell you? When we get down to headquarters, maybe you can tell us a few things. Well, say, how long are they going to keep you in this jail here, Andrew? Oh, it can't be long, fellas. Well, the way I gets the story... This $2,000 was stolen from Mrs. Manning's desk in the library, and your cigar later, with your own fingerprints on it, was found right next to the desk. Yeah, that's right, Amos. But at the time the money was stolen, I happened to be out with Mrs. Manning's maid, Stella. So I as in the clear. It's that butler chauffeur she got working for her to done it, and he trying to pin it on me. Oh, he's the one, huh? Yeah, that's right. He bought that light off of me and then must have planned it right near the desk to make it look like I is the one that's guilty. Well, now, don't worry, Brother Andy. Don't worry about a thing. We'll get you the best battery of lawyers in the country. Or uh, that will work on credit. Yeah. <laughs> look here, fellas. There ain't nothing to get excited about. The police is out now to bring Stella down here. When she gets here, why, she'll tell them that I done spent the whole evening with her and then they can see that I couldn't have stole the money. Hey, Brown, they've got this girl Stella out at the booking desk. They want you to come out. Oh, yes, sir, yes, sir. I'll see you later, boys. Boy, I'll sure be glad to get out of this place. Yeah, well, we'll wait outside the police station for you, Andy. Yeah, right this way, Brown. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Here's the prisoner, Sergeant. All right, come on in, Brown. Uh, yeah, thank you, sir, thank you, yeah. Now, is, uh, is this the woman you say you spent the hours between 7 and 12 with last night? Oh, yes, sir, yes, sir, that's her, that's her. Me and her was together all that time. Uh, uh, go ahead, Stella. Tell the sergeant that so I can get out of here. Well, what about it, Stella? I never saw this man before in my whole life. Stella has flatly refused to admit that she was with Andy at the time of the robbery, or that she even knows him. Her reason, of course, is to protect her engagement to Hubert. As a result of her destroying his alibi, Andy is being held for trial. It's now the day of the trial. In the morning session, Mrs. Manning identified Andy as the man she saw loitering around the house that evening. The chauffeur corroborated her story. The cigar lighter, found at the scene of the robbery with only Andy's fingerprints on it, has been accepted in evidence as Andy's property. And things look pretty bad for Andy. At the moment, Andy's friends are standing just outside the courtroom during a short recess. Well, I tell you, boys, the way this trial is going, it looks like Andy's going to spend the next two years out of town. Uh, but, fellas, I know that he's innocent. Yes, I would stake my life that the boy is guiltyless. <laughs> you know, I was just thinking that it's too bad that none of them waiters at that nightclub remembered Andy and the gal being there. 
If only that girl Stella would admit that she was out with Andy that night. Trial about to be resumed. Clear the hall, please. Oh, yeah, come on. Let's, let, let, let's get on in there, fellas. Come on, let's get in. We will resume with the testimony in the case of the People versus Andrew H. Brown. Is the defense ready to present its case? We're ready, Your Honor. In behalf of my client, Andrew Brown, I intend to show this court that Mr. Brown could not possibly have committed this robbery. I intend to prove, for one thing, that Mr. Brown's high character renders him incapable of committing any such crime as he is accused of. I'd like to call the first character witness. Will Mr. George Kingfish Stevens take the stand, please? Oh, yes, sir. Be glad. You're coming right down. Coming right up, yes, sir. <laughs> Raise your right hand. Uh, uh, yes. Do you solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So help you? Oh, I'll tell the truth. And that's the truth, too. <laughs> Sit down. Oh. Tell me, Mr. Stevens, how long have you known Mr. Brown? Uh, uh Mr. Brown here, well, I would say, uh... In the neighborhood of 20 years. Have you always known him as an honest, upright, truthful man? Oh, yes, sir, yes, sir. That boy got more integrity in his little finger than the average person got in the whole body. <laughs> oh, he the cherry tree type, all right. <laughs> and uh, to your knowledge, he has never done anything that was wrong or dishonest. Oh, no, no, he got a great record. I can still say without fear of contradiction that in his whole life he ain't never gone beyond petty larceny. <laughs> well, less of course it was when I was out of town, you know, something like that might have happened. Oh, uh, uh, thank you. Your witness, Mr. Prosecutor. Uh, hey, wait a minute. Uh, you didn't tell me that he was going to ask me no questions. Will the witness refrain from any outside comments? Oh, yeah. Proceed, Mr. Prosecutor. Uh, Mr. Stevens. As a witness for Andrew Brown, you have given testimony here regarding his character. Now, in order to estimate the value of this testimony, suppose we look into your character for a moment. I object. <laughs> witness is out of order. Proceed. Now, Mr. Stevens, you and the defendant have been partners in many business ventures. Is that true? Well, y'all, the, y'all, the, we done tried to knock off an honest book here and there. That's what you mean. <laughs> Uh, isn't it true that in the last two years, the business ventures in which you and the defendant engaged at eight different times led to court proceedings? Oh, look here, Mr. Prosecutor. Uh, we don't have enough trouble getting out of them jams once. Anyhow, it was Mr. Brown's fault. He is always the one that, in these deals, that want to cut the corners here and there. That's him, yeah. Oh, in other words, Mr. Brown is the one who involves you through his own lack of integrity. Oh, yeah, sir. It wasn't me. Yeah, Brown ain't got no more integrity than the man in the moon. Uh, Y'all, sir, uh, there is really a bum if there ever was one. That's strange. A moment ago, you were saying Brown was a fine, upright character. Yeah. Ain't it amazing how a man like that can change? Uh, The prosecution has no further questions. All right. Will the witness step down, please? Uh, yeah, sir. Uh, by the way, Your Honor, in case you decide to check into any of them deals, I plead some sanity. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> will, uh... will the defense proceed? I would like to call the defendant to the stand, Mr. Andrew H. Brown. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. Raise your right hand. Yeah. Your right hand. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I, I was a little excited there. 
You solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you? I do. Witness, take the stand. Uh, Jan, uh, before we start things, uh, could I ask you a question? All right. What is it? Uh, you ain't got a loose headache pill on you, is you? <laughs> this is a courtroom, not a drugstore. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, sir. Well, yeah. If your honor will let me, I- I'll give the witness a pill. All right, hurry up. This is highly irregular. Oh, uh, there you are, Vander. You don't need no water. Just gulp it down there. Mm, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> uh, would you care for one judge? I got plenty of them here if you want. <laughs> no. Please take your seat so we can proceed. Yeah, well, I'm just trying to be thoughtful. You see, Your Honor, on them deals I was in, I was just like a baby and all. Sit down! Oh, yeah, so sit down. <laughs> your Honor, at this time, much against the wishes of my client, I'm going to introduce into evidence, in his defense, his own personal diary. Oh, please don't do that. I beg you not to do that. Don't do that, please. Well, it's for your own good, Mr. Brown. Oh, no, let's, let, let's forget about the whole thing. Will you send me to jail, but don't bring out that diary. <laughs> oh, don't do that. Uh, Madam Queen is in the place there sitting out there. Oh, now, please, Mr. Brown. Your Honor, the reason I am offering this diary into evidence is to prove that Mr. Brown was acquainted with Stella Fulton. Now, let me start by reading the entry of March 18th. Quote, it's love again. Tonight, I done met Stella Fulton. It must have been fate that made me whistle at her in front of the Savoy Ballroom. She's, uh, can't quite uh, make this out. Oh, yes, Uh, she's a honeysuckle doll. Our eyes met, we walked along arm in arm, our hearts beat as one. Then I bought her a hot dog and put her in the subway to 138th Street. <laughs> Good night, dear diary. This is just between me and you. Order. Order, I'll clear the court. Oh, me. Uh, here's another headache pill for you. <laughs> you, get back there and stay in your seat. Oh, yeah, sir. Get right back, get right back. Will the attorney for the defense proceed? The next entry is March 19th. Quote, dear diary. I is so, uh, uh, can't seem to make this word out. Oh, why not let the defendant read it? We'll save time. Oh, no, sir, no, I can't do it. Won't you send me to jail, please, sir, please. Now, go ahead, Mr. Brown. It's to your interest. You must read it. Well, all right. Dear diary, it's 1 a.m. in the morning, and it's all I can do to keep my little eyelids from snapping shut on me. <laughs> I was out with Stella again, and she says she was crazy about me, and call me her... Oh, as I gotta read this. <laughs> Will the defendant please stop wasting time and read what's written there? Uh, yes, sir, yes, I do. She says she was crazy about me and call me her... Snooky Pie. <laughs> order, order in the court. All right, read the entry for the next day. Oh, me. Uh, dear diary, I has found my true love. No doubt about it, she is the most wonderful gal in the world. This she you refer to in this entry is still uh, Stella Fulton, of course. Oh, no, sir. That's another gal, Marjorie. Uh, Stella couldn't get out that night. (laughs) At any rate, Your Honor, it is obvious that Stella Fulton was an important part of this man's life. Could any man sit down and make up things as sincere and revealing as these? If there was no truth in them, I think not. Uh, Does the prosecution wish to cross-examine? Yes, Mr. Brown, in regard to a certain Madam Queen, isn't it true that you're engaged to her? Well, I was up till the time we started to read this diary. (laughs) 
I don't know how things stand now. And Mr. Brown, is it your regular practice while engaged to one woman to fall violently in love with not one, but two other women all in the space of four days? Well, uh, that was an unusual good week. Then your usual custom while engaged is to fall in love with just uh, possibly one other woman during the course of the week. Uh, yes, I'd say that's about the average, yes. There you are, Your Honor. Here is a man who, by becoming engaged, has pledged himself to be faithful to one woman and has then turned around and professed love for others. It's obvious that a man that will trifle with the truth in one case will show no hesitancy in doing so in another. Any testimony which the defense has presented to show the honesty and integrity of the defendant must unquestionably be labeled false. This man is a rascal and is undoubtedly lying. Well, fella, the said it don't look so good. Yesterday was sure a bad day in court for Andy. With that diary thing coming out? Yes, I had no idea that Andy's weakness for women was on a wholesale basin. <laughs> yeah, I seen Madam Queen today, and from what she says she gonna do to Andy, I think he'd be better off in jail. <laughs> that sure was a tough break Andy got on that picture. You know, his lawyer was certainly counting on it. Well, what was that, Amos? Uh, I had to leave the courtroom early. Well, it seems that the night of the robbery, when Andy said that he was out with this gal, some Harlem stage actress by the name of Dixie Small was sitting at a table near them in this cafe. Yes. Now, Fred Gwendell, who works at the newspaper, just happened to come across the picture, and he took it to Andy's lawyer. And you can just about see Andy and his gal in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, only trouble is, Andy got his back to the camera... If you know them, you could tell it's him, but if you don't, you couldn't. Well, the court ruled that Andy couldn't be identified, and they ruled the picture out. Yeah, that was too bad, because that would have cleared him. Well, say, boys, we better get out to the courtroom. We want to be there when the thing starts. Your Honor, I realize that the time for presenting evidence in defense of my client has passed, but I beg your indulgence as I have some important new evidence which I feel has a direct bearing on the case. You may proceed. Uh, yesterday, a picture was introduced to establish the defendant's presence at a nightclub at the time the robbery was committed. Oh, but the court ruled that picture out because the defendant could not be positively identified. Well, I realize that. However, I have a new witness. Will Miss Dixie Small please take the stand? Here I am, Your Honor. Raise your right hand. You solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so I help you? I certainly do. I always tell the truth. Be seated. Miss Small, is this a picture of you? Yes, that's me, all right. Was it taken on the night of March 21st in the Cafe Lennox? That's right. Miss Small, I call your attention to this man sitting in the background. Now, look at the defendant over there, Mr. Brown. Look closely. Is that the man who was sitting at that table? Yes, that's the man. That's all. Your Honor, I must have your permission. May I cross-examine the witness? Proceed, Mr. Prosecutor. Miss Small, let me ask you a question. How can you spend an evening in a crowded nightclub and then suddenly, a matter of weeks lately, remember the face of a man who sat at the next table? 
Why, it's, it's ridiculous. No, it isn't. I remember him very well. How, may I ask? Late in the evening, my escort left me alone at the table for a moment. At the same time, the young girl with the defendant left him alone, too. While they were away, this man spoke to me. Well, what did he say? He said, hey, babe, is you busy tomorrow night? <laughs> Hey, I wonder where Andy could be. He must have left his room here kind of early. Uh, yes, he did, Henry. Uh, I guess he's over at Madam Queen's. You know, he's been doing some work over there all week trying to get in Goodwood again after that mess. Oh, yes. Oh, by the way, uh, ain't that his famous diary on the dresser there? Well, oh, yeah, yeah, that is his diary. Yeah. Uh, what do you say we take a peek in it? Can't do no harm. Yes, sure. Let's see what his reactions has been to the whole thing. Yeah, let's see here. Hmm. Listen to this. April 12th. Dear Diary. Well, the trial is over. That picture made Stella admit that she knowed me, and that's what done it. They made the chauffeur confess, and he's going to get plenty. The whole thing convinced me that Madam Queen is the only gal for me. Here's another one. April 13th. Dear Diary, I show crazy about Madam Queen. Wasn't I a silly boy? Yes, go on reading, Kingfish. Go ahead. Uh, say here, April 14th. Dear Diary, now you're going to hear something. I just met Annabella. This is the best gal yet. <laughs> Be sure to be with us again next Friday evening at this same time when the Kingfish will indulge in one of his better promotional schemes. The Amos and Andy Show is broadcast to our armed forces everywhere. This is Harlow Wilcox, and before I say goodnight to you for all of us, here's an important reminder. There's been a lot of talk lately on the air and in the newspapers about manpower. Actually, when they say manpower, they mean woman power as well, for women are needed in every phase of this war, in the armed forces and in war production. Now, I know you women listening have your hearts in our great war effort, but Uncle Sam needs your hands as well. Our fighting men need every piece of equipment you can help produce, either at a full-time or part-time job. You don't need experience to get a job in war industry. Training is available, and the work is easy to learn. Just visit your local U.S. Employment Service office. They will refer you to a job that will help to hasten the day of victory and bring our boys back home. Thank you, and good night. <laughs> This is the National Broadcasting Company. And here's the moment we've all been waiting for. 16 days trapped on a well with nothing but a tube of toothpaste to survive on. Ben Kaneko, how do you feel after your epic ordeal? I just want to say with all my heart, try my spring mix greens. I guarantee it'll become your go-to base for any salad. Local farmer Ken Kaneko believes his Forward Greens are so delicious he just wants you to try them. Get a VIP coupon at forwardgreens.com and get your Forward Greens at Safeway and Albertsons. How does it feel to be alive, Ken? Almost as good as my arugula. <laughs>